Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mental Health Today. I'm your host, Ken Stearns, uh, also the founder of the JAR Foundation, which supports Mental Health Today. And really, it's a, this is a platform for people in the space and around the space of mental health and people who are just passionate about it uh, to share a little bit about their journey or to share what they're doing in the space, the, the impact they're trying to have, the change that they are. And um, I had a guest, or I was a guest, I'm sorry, I was a guest on Lynn's show, our, our guest today. And, you know, we just really, we had such a good uh, conversation um, in, our, in our meeting, I'm sorry, in our, in our, in our chat. And we just kind of kindred spirits in a lot of ways. And we also share kind of a unique bond of being expats. And an expat community is a bit of a, you know, these are Americans living and working overseas you know, and, and in a way committed, really, you know, committed to their careers, but also in the end, you're committed to helping local communities, really local people. And, and I'm sure Lynn's got the same experience that I had being involved in a lot of good charity stuff, doing a lot of, even through our work, uh, the work was uplifting to the country, to the communities that we were around. And um, so it's a great I mean, it's a great bonding experience. Lynn and I, again, both expats and uh, having lived that life for a while, it's, it's kind of a unique perspective. And so I think we had a, a bit of a bonding over that and a bit of bonding over just being kind of like-minded humans. And so I thought it great to have, especially when I really understood what you were doing, Lynn, and the change and the comfort. You know, I spent my whole career having an encouraging, uncomfortable conversations with people. Mm-hmm. When you're dead what's happening around your family, what's going on in your life, what's happening, you know, and, you know, that's, that's what insurance people do. And that's what I did and encouraged other people to do and to bring financial literacy and everything around, around the globe, and at least in Asia. And uh, Lynn had a very, you know, very interesting story and not too dissimilar, but Lynn was a badass boss as well. (laughs) Uh, so she was a baller boss is on top of it all. And, a, and a woman boss, you know, running around, um, doing her, doing her superwoman things. So Lynn, welcome to the show. Thanks for being a guest. And um, what an intro, Ken Jeepers. Yeah. You'll never get one that good <laughs> or that different. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, but all. you know what? We expats completely relate because you just have a warped sense of humor. It gets you uh, by, especially absolutely. when you're living in a foreign country and in Asia and thinking, okay, hold on, this is a little different than home. I, and finding ways to make sure that you maintain a laughter perspective. Absolutely. Um, and yet, and be still be an encourager and being the proactive cheerleader and making sure that yeah. people are informed and we communicate about any and everything. And never taking, I think one of the greatest lessons I had early on from a great, a great leader, never take yourself too serious and never oh. believe and never <laughs> believe the pomp and circumstance surrounding your role because it's not about you. 
No, it's always about them. And I mean, I used to always um, laugh with our team and say, you know what? This isn't about you. This is yeah. all about them. Yeah. So heck with this, what's in it for me deal. You've got to be what's in it for them. And that's yeah. who we're here to serve. And if we can align around that, then we're going to have success. Yeah. And we're going to have fun because we have purpose. Well, and yeah. Yeah, we'll have purpose. Well, tell us a little bit, you know, Lynn, what are you doing now? Now that you're, you know, you're not, you're not that person, but you, but you've got maybe passion now and, and found a different passion. I, I think say. I've always had passion. Yeah, you've, you've always had passion. That's the thing. But you yeah. know what? I think what I'm doing now the, um, as the founder of The Living Planner, it's an evolution of my life, yeah. both personally and professionally. And, you know, I had 30 plus amazing years in global leadership positions in aviation. Hmm. But I was also a volunteer emergency team responder. So I worked airplane crash sites. Um, and then I was the go-to kid with parents, you know, um, on the decline with my dad being diagnosed with Alzheimer's and my mom having massive heart issues. Each time a parent was going down, I was on an international assignment, once in Asia, once in Good Canada. God. So, you know, it's something when you're 8,000 miles away or 4,000 miles away or whatever to be finagling and managing things for them while maintaining your own <laughs> well-being. Yes. Here we are during Mental Health Awareness Month. And I think I don't play specifically in the mental health mm -hmm. yet. I understand. I do play in the well-being space mm. because I am a, a firm believer in making sure that we're looking after one another, whether it's your work group, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, mm. whatever it is, there's this, um, a community that you're a part of. And I believe that we all want to be seen and heard and valued. Um, and the thing I've learned from being away, but also at home, is that people have invisible illnesses, invisible issues, and we never really know what's going on in someone's life. And so I think that it's up to us to remember the humanness of ourselves and others and mm. people accordingly. It's really true that that we just don't know what people are going through. And and like we were talking, we, we chatted just a bit, you know, before getting online about the invisible invisibleness yes. of of mental health. And the fact that it's not a cancer, it's not a toothache, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not really tangible, but it is so very real uh, and so crippling uh, for people. And I've, I've heard so many really tough stories um, and hard to look at the person I'm talking to and realize that that person was going through what they're telling me. And many of us, whether diagnosed or not, um, are proficient hiders of whatever's going on. And so yes, I think really that that's, that's the human side of recognizing that the strong ones may be very, very proficient at putting on a, a great show. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, that is something that people learn how to cover mm -hmm. rather than um, feeling comfortable and asking for help. Yes. Uh, somewhat out of vulnerability, but it's also somewhat out of not wanting to be judged um, and not wanting to be marked in some Stig way. The stigma is real still. And it is. Um, 
And I, and I think people too, you hide it because, you know, there's an expectation, be tough, brush it off. You know, or the, you're supposed to be able to deal with it or yeah, do, keep just, your personal life personal and your business life, you know, don't bring it to work. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the last time I checked business and life intersect. I, and I think that that's the piece where as times have been really interesting for the last three years of recognizing our mortality. Yeah. And, um, you know, my, my dad was born during the Spanish flu. And I remember how um, he was thrilled. I am the oops child in my family. They, he and my mom were so happy that I could have um, the ability to go into kindergarten with a polio vaccine rather than my older siblings who they were fearful that they would actually contract polio. Wow. And so I um, have grown up in a place of wow. saying, okay, huh. What happens during a lockdown is that people either have a lot of time by themselves or a lot of time within a small space confined to doing many things um, from parenting to teaching to, you know, like trying yeah. to work and do whatever and saying, oh, holy mother of God, get me out of here. I'm going crazy. So I just think that we it would be really nice if we could come through this was a bit of empathy and understanding that um, God, we're just human and we've all got blood in our veins and hopefully not ice. And yeah. let's just make sure we look out for one another. And we're all, we're all just walking each other home in this, on this big blue spinning ball racing, you know, burning and racing through the, the galaxies, the universe. I don't know. you milky, you know, where, where are we relative to somebody else? Mm. Um, mm. We have our own place we call, but you know, someone else looking at us got a different view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us what is it, what's it like? I mean, the, the mental, the mental health challenge, how did you, I mean, how did you personally handle that? That's pretty tough getting those phone calls. You've got a big job. You've got a lot, I mean, enormous responsibility and you get a call that, you know, your dad needs you. Well, the interesting part about that one is that um, I went home for my mom's second triple bypass surgery, and I'm the one that noticed that my dad was a little off. Mm. Um, and so after she had sailed oh. through the surgery, I looked at him and I said, okay, tell me when you noticed you were off. Because I, he was a World War II dad, you know, I mean, of that generation. And, you know, the, the actual discussion of that was not commonplace in the generational yes. mode, but yeah, yeah. also for my lovely stoic German father. And um, he just kind of looked at me and said, you cannot tell your mother. And that's when I, had, <laughs> that's when I knew he knew something was off. He and I said, okay, that I get that, Dad, but you have to also understand that it's now time for information to be power, as you've always taught me. And I think that we should go and speak mm. with Dr. Davies when mom you know, gets home and let's get to the bottom of it. Um, and so it was interesting because um, I flew at, he made the appointment with me, you know, out there nagging. Um, and I went back to Asia. And I got the call three weeks later that it was the beginning of Alzheimer's. And I had promised him before I let, went back that I said, if this is what 
we think it is, because of course it was all going to be unsaid. Um, I said, I won't let you go through this part alone. I'll get back to the States. It's, it's, it, I'll, I'll make my way back. So I talked to my boss, who was an amazing um, crusty old Scotsman from, uh, I mean, a crusty old Scotsman who tethered me back. And I actually worked remotely for him in Hong Kong from Chicago until I found my replacement in my job for my job in um, Asia, but also until I landed a job within the corporate um, headquarters, a location. And I'd never lived in Chicago for God's sake. And so, you know, I grew up on the Iowa border of Illinois. So I'm like commuting every weekend back and forth to um, 177 miles each way um, back to my hometown, just so I could teach my mom all the things from a administrative side day in, day out, kind of what I'm doing with the living planner now, um, teaching everybody, you know, right? yeah. kind of, Hey, what's this stuff? You know, what are all the bills? What are the necessary documents you need to have? What is this? What is that? So I was kind of reviewing that with my mom every weekend and checking in with my dad. But then I got the call. Um, and so I worked nine 11 as a crash as a volunteer. Um, I had worked two crash sites in my twenties, but I was also on the uh, support team, the emergency response team for United. So I um, worked 9-11 amidst all of that. Good God. So it was, that was my moment that I realized, A, I was over my head <laughs> in some ways from an emotional, <laughs> from an emotional bandwidth perspective. Right, right. Fair enough. But B, I also knew that that wasn't the time for me to crack. And yet, how do you really know when it is? And so, you know, it's it's like a really weird thing. So, yeah, I mean, my cortisol level shot up. My adrenals were like getting fried. Um, <laughs> yes, I went for like a massage once every four months or I had a Reiki session and thought that that was the best thing since sliced bread. But I was not very good. It was more the do as I say, don't do as I do perspective until after my dad died hmm. and then that's when i finally just made more of a committed effort and said all right hold on this is now you have to care for you and what are the things that you need to do yes. to actually set boundaries and clear the mental space and make sure the emotions have run their course and not stuff things in so honestly, we're our own best kept secrets and we're our mm -hmm. own sometimes worst enemies. And it's up to us to actually call King's X and use the aviation term, baby. Put that oxygen mask on you before you're assisting others. <laughs> if so not, many... you are putting yourself in harm's way. Yeah, it's such a good it's such a good analogy. I mean, that's one of the best analogies of life and so weird that it works. It's so counterintuitive. I know. But it's so also so true. I mean, because if you can't breathe, you can't help. You you can't think. Eventually, you 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 can't think at all. I mean, it's just so logical. But it, I mean, counter. It's like no, I have I have to help people. I have to help my kid, and my spouse, and like yeah, actually, when you can't breathe, you can't do that. So, and it's if, if, for those of us who serve, saying me first, me first doesn't always feel uh, right. It doesn't feel right. right. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. That's so what giving so yourself permission to say, no, this is part of my mm. sustenance. 
Um, it's, it can take some practice and learning how to ask for help. I mean, a lot of people refrain from doing that too, um, for me, from various reasons. Yeah. Um, but you know what? As givers, um, what I finally taught myself was I am denying people the enjoyment I feel when I give by not allowing them to give back. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's that's a clever a clever way to get around it. I like. I had it. to reframe, baby. I had to reframe. That's, that's a reframer. That's a reframer. Actually, I've used that though before in other in other kind of ways in other scenarios. That's a very good hack, right? Which is, it and, is. It's, and it's true. It mostly is true. You do. You are. You know. You think you're helping somebody, but in the end, you're you know, you're actually not. Well, it's almost um, as if you're not opening enough up enough to trust others, and that's yes, yeah. telling them that they are they're not important or they yeah. they or can't be of service to you. Yeah, not like, capable. Right? You're, you're, dissing, you're dissing them, and yeah. that's not very cool, actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about. I think one of the things, um, you know, mental health wise, and you know, a lot of mental health is, I think, having your things done. And, and having your house in order the best you can. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can't control, right? There's, there's many things in life that we just can't control. No, we can't. And, and like, we can't control when we're in an accident. We can't control no, no. when we're no longer on the planet. We can control if we have a support team to help us, what are the necessary mm. documents that we need to execute to have them be able to help us. Yes. Yeah. We can control making sure that we know how we're paying things, how we get into our where we live, where our stuff is. I mean, that's and honestly, I mean, it's it's okay. We can control that. Yeah. Yet it can also feel very overwhelming because you're dealing with the other silent issue of, oh God, does this mean I'm gonna die? Yeah, this is does this, this mean yeah. I'm gonna be infirm does this mean and it's like no this means that i get to live more freely but that's my reframe yes well and i think you know and i think that's how i'd frame it which is there's a lot of things in life you can't control yep um, but there are some things you can some loose ends we can have prepared and in a box and nice get those bottles. duckies quacking baby get get them lined up get them quack and line them up and and i think what you're doing with the living planner is quite beautiful. Maybe you can explain for people a little bit and um, in a nutshell, kind of what your, what your passion is and, and, and I what guess you're the doing. easiest way to phrase it is all the stuff you guys don't want to talk about. <laughs> I want to address, but it's more of a contingency planning, but it's for you and, yeah, it's and it's yeah. also for us at work. Um, you know, whether you own your own business or you are a worker, in the, let's just pretend you want to go on vacation. Who backed you up? That's a pretty good question, huh? And how do we allow somebody to back us up by making the things that we're doing accessible? Hmm. Same thing with um, our lives at home. I mean, we tend to divide and conquer in families. You know, we play to our yes. strengths. So, honey, I'll do this. I'll do that. You do this. I mm -hmm. do that. Blah, blah, blah. But Where's the trail of breadcrumbs that allows the other to know what you do and how you oh, do yeah, it in case they need to step in for you? So at work, I was the geek that had everybody in teams of three. So we'd always have a backup to the backup. 
I had many places reporting to me. So I would go to every office and, you know, different cities, states, countries, whatever. And I would write step in plans so that I would know how to enter the office, where the documents were, things at that level. But, you know, those crashes, working two crash sites in my 20s opened my eyes. And it showed me the preciousness of life, yes. but also how wonderful it is when we know that we have a way for somebody to help us. So for me, it's like, how do I help somebody help me? Hmm. Yeah, it really is about us. This is the one thing you can actually do. You are doing it for yourself, uh, peace of mind and everything. And you're and doing it for others because it's emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's like a sudden diagnosis or something like the poo-poo hits the fan in, in some sort, it's like, holy crap, you're dealing with all the emotion. And if you don't know the administrative side of life, all yeah. those practicalities, we're stumped. And so how mm. do we wake up and kind of recreate some normal when we don't even know where to start? So I kind of want to take that piece away. Yes. Give the yeah. peace of mind and actual true well-being of saying, hmm, I know this is my go-to place or I know this is this. And I know I've been asked to do this, this, and this. Mm. And this person's been asked to do this, this, and this. And uh, da, 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 da. it just kind of clarifies it all so that we can process emotion as we are called to duty. I There's probably nothing more stressful than talking about all that stuff when you're talking to someone and they're telling you all the details and they're just also trying to process the fact that they found out they've got stage four cancer, for example. And, it's, like, and they're trying to tell you, what's your safety? Now, now what's your bank account number? And you're like, well, I'm you dying. I don't care. You can't really think in those moments You, you either. can't think. Right. And so that's why I am now the proactive cheerleader rather than the reactive responder. Because I did the reactive response for over mm. 30 years. So that piece has given me a whole lot of material, if you will, of life that I, you know, can I know can come up and sometimes surprise us. So if we can do the, that stuff in advance, heck, we're we're assuming adulting responsibilities once we turn 18. So yeah. there's a whole lot we can do even when we're kids um, to just kind of start on the path. But we um, aren't really, as a society, we don't have a lot of those discussions yet. So I'm aimed to change that. <laughs> One <laughs> uncomfortable conversation at a time. One empowering conversation. <laughs> you say empowering, I say uncomfortable. Because it's empowering and yes. it builds confidence to know that you know where your stuff is and you know what to do. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like it gives you that purpose of saying, okay, hold on, I've got a go-to plan. Oh. I mean, a natural disaster can hit. I mean, I grew up with flooding and tornadoes. I went to college in hurricanes. I started my <laughs> airline career in earthquakes and fires. I used nice. to oversee areas that had volcanoes. I moved to Asia and had typhoons. Um, you know, so I have been through like every natural disaster. And what is it? that we need to do in case we need to scoot out real quick and still maintain our normal life. Hmm. See, so this is about when we're living. That's why this is the living. Living. Planet. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I say uncomfortable because in the, there's that uncomfortable moment, but I think definitely on the other side or halfway through it, the process, I'm the, I'm sure my mood, you, you would shift, right? You'd shift into, 
oh, this is great. I didn't think about that. Oh, I got or that. Or it's a, oh, holy mother of God, I have this much to do. Okay, hold on. What's the best way to like start approaching it? And then you like, how yeah. do we eat an elephant? Yeah. One bite at a time. You take yeah. a baby step, you mar you take a nibble, you swallow, you take a nibble and you yeah. swallow. And then you just kind of say, okay, what's your time frame? Okay, maybe 12 months, maybe 18 months. I don't care. Let's work it backwards and just take it so life can still continue as you are working on life mm. rather than just in it. Yeah, and just living in it. Shift kind of shift gears a little bit. Yep. <clears throat> um, how did you manage your mental health uh, as an executive? What what I mean, what advice would you have for anybody listening to the show that is a you know that is an executive that's under pressure? I mean, we're on LinkedIn. I mean, if I found you know I find people on LinkedIn, and yeah, yeah. that's who I that's my clients. And I was that person, and I know a lot of the people that I worked with. I mean, I know they're a mess. Not a mess, mess, but I mean, they're, they're. Well, it's hard. They're, I mean, there, there are. Struggling, where, yeah, I'm where, struggling where with the in, articulation. We're in many directions. And when I look at um, the changes that are going on between remote workforce, hybrid workforce, mm. um, in office, like brick and mortar, um, there are demands. And I think that the interesting piece is to recognize that, again, what is it that you can accomplish in a day? Mm -hmm. Know yourself. Are you a morning person? Are you the night owl? When are you most productive? I mean, when are you fully engaged? When mm -hmm. is it? I mean, can you limit your meetings? <laughs> you know, because honestly, a, a meeting without an agenda these days is something that I kind of do this too, because yeah, you want to know what you're expecting um, and like get it done. Can it be done more efficiently? Can it be done mm. in a systematic way? What are things that you can streamline? What are things that you can forego? How do you block it out and actually plan your work and work your plan? Now, always leave those spots in there for the interruptions because I used to always make sure that, you know, people came first. At the yeah. end of the day, I mean, if, if that's what we're there to serve. And a client perspective, internal clients, employees, yes. external clients, clients, and, you know, how are we serving them? And there are interruptions mm. because, you know, business and life intersect. Life happens to people and there are the emergencies. So give yourself a little bit of pad in there, too. And write down the, t you know, the things that are really important. And if they weren't done, ask yourself the next day how important they really were. Especially when they're not done. I mean, I, when I'm, when I was overseeing daily operations in two different cities in a different country, you know, I mean, the first priority I had was operational excellence. Yes. Yeah. You know, right. and things of that nature. I mean, you had to, and you had to make sure that their people were in the loop and that people knew kind of how to respond and how to act and what to do, et cetera, et cetera. So it depends. Um, if you're a leader of people. Yes. Actually lead them. And trust them and, and develop them hmm. and help them grow and give them give them space to give it a whirl, but also have quality control and make sure that you're, you know, that things are done the way that you really want them to be. But we've got to trust people, too. But we have to also trust ourselves. Get rest. Take a break. Go take a walk. Get out of there. Trust yeah. but verify. Sometimes we have, it is. And sometimes we have thing. to slow down to speed up. Oh, um, mental health month, another, another pivot. 
mental, mental health, health month, awareness month mental health awareness month talk to us about what you're doing oh. we got this webinar so for those of you're listening to this um we've got a a courses a www up courses dot the living planner I think is is the, what you want to get to the living planner. Yeah, the living planner dot com, and I'm doing a, a my first free live webinar. I've had so many people of late within the last six months that are having um, a situation where something's going on with their parents, and they're not yeah. sure how they can help them. So I'm putting I put together a free thirty minute webinar. It's on Monday, May fifteenth, four thirty Pacific, seven thirty Eastern. Um, it is live, but it also will have a replay. Okay, and it's, great. It, it's entitled Parenting Parents, Helping You Help Them, because there are some very practical things that you can have in the tank or at least start approaching so that you can be that person that can help when needed. Um, and hey, might not even be your parents. I mean, in my case, I mean, you could be older siblings. It could be your grandparents. It could be your auntie. It could be somebody that's just important to you, an older friend. So I think that when we're looking out for others, um, there, there are some things that we might need to activate so that we can actually be advocates for one another and helpers for one another. Yeah. I love that. Um, parents helping. I, I'll send this to my daughters. <laughs> yeah. Then we get to see, Ken, how you're doing. <laughs> yeah, baby. Tell them to call oh, me. Oh yeah. Oh man. The 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 fright that I have just at that at that thought. <laughs> now the livingplanner.com up in the upper right hand corner, there's a little blue box where it has courses. And so this is gonna be and, and it's in the, the secondary website under the courses one because um, it's under the parents it's a webinar, um, parenting parents. So yeah. Yeah, I just put up the, the main website, thelivingplanner.com, and you go there and go to the upper right, hit courses, and you'll find the, the You'll see a whole open. bunch of stuff, but I yeah. mean, you can you can choose all, any of the stuff, but this one is, the, there is a free live webinar called Parenting Parents. Who you got, who's going to be on? Do you have any special guests that you're going to want to share? This is going to be my 30-minute. Um, it, oh, it's, it's a 30 minutes. That's right. It's okay. a 30-minute, just a high-level overview so that yeah. people that don't know me can kind of be introduced to me, but they can also get some meat for them to get planning and um, ready on their own. Um, and I'm going to have, I have just a few slides and then I'm going to have Q&A. I'm going to protect everybody's privacy because that's really important to me. So that will be only yeah. shared if people want it shared and um, okay. it will be just me and my slides on the screen. So people don't know who they are. They get to be anonymous. Can you make sure you, can you email me that stuff? The links that can, sure. like, can you remind me, can you remind me on Monday and I'll, I'll pimp it on my Facebook or whatever, you know, for our, our, so our fans. Sweet. Yeah, it's, it's a great, well, it's a great thing you're doing. It's a great thing. It's free. It's information. Um, it is, you know, helping parents out, which is, it's a real thing now. We're living to be old. We're, we're living to be. We boomers, know. darling, are getting pretty large. So there's a whole bunch of people below us that are going to be like carrying our weight. I, and that's, that's why we need immigration. As funny well, as that it's is. It's also why we need people today in our corner that can be our, um, our helping team, our, our safety nets, our people that are mm -hmm. here to assist when needed. I love that. How about but some you know, closing? We were talking in the preview room yes. a little bit about the whole corporate experience and yes. um, HR. And I want to tell you a shout out to all the HR professionals. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
because honestly, my heart goes out to you. You have every department head and all the <laughs> dumping any pet project on it's your lap. And you have all the employees that are just struggling sometimes to understand their benefits, <laughs> what the company culture is, no, yeah. how the, how to navigate. So my heart is with you all. And I just want you to know we're here in support of you because all employees need well-being. Yeah. You included. Yes, you and HR included, especially probably HR because they, they are the intersection. They're serving they're the, everybody. They're serving everybody. Like I said, the C-suite as well as the the dude parking the cars and the, the 30th floor everybody. of the garage. You know, so 30th floor, corner suite. And finagling hybrid and remote and making sure that everybody's in compliance. I mean, holy mama. It's a big deal right now. <laughs> it was wild. I We took an insurance company and we took it. And with COVID, we blew it up into three legitimate corporations that could okay. all run and do the business if the other two got sick. Yeah, yeah. So we had three separate teams. We could do the function of the whole co corporation, the whole insurance issue policies, pay commissions, pay yep. everything remotely and from three different teams. It was wild. And HR was in the middle of all, all of, of it. it. They didn't escape any meaning. I mean, and, like as an executive, I was in a, f a few media planning meeting, a couple of planning meetings. And then basically it was, you know, a week later, are we done? <laughs> you know, this, the stuff that had to go on behind the scenes is crazy. It's massive. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so for any yeah, of you who to make your mental health, I don't know, but I'm going to give the little shout out to Headspace because they do an amazing job mm -hmm. with um, their app. And I have it through my health insurance policy. And oh, it's it. absolutely fascinating because I can do morning meditation. Mm -hmm. They have like a little quick start. They're like afternoon little workouts. They have sleep things. They have specialized pieces to just take some time and get grounded for you. Mm. It's amazing. So whatever you use, whether it's Insight Timer, Calm, Headspace, whatever, honestly, it's worth the investment. Yeah, it's worth the time. Just that little bit of time, little me time. Yep. Lynn, awesome time. Super fun. Thank and you. again, did not disappoint. Uh, I learned a little bit something else. Um, I'm going to give you a choice. You oh. want to... Making the jar a cow concert or a mysterious third door that I don't remember what the video is. Oh, I want the third door. Okay. I have three L's for an instance. <laughs> I've always got to go for a three. Oh, okay. I love it. Well, I, I can't remember what this one is. So I, I know what the other two, I know the other two. So See, then it's a surprise for both of us. It's a, it'll be a surprise for about a half a nanosecond. And then I'll be like, Oh, I knew. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening and supporting uh, the mental health today, I mean, especially during the month of May, when we're really, you know, I think the whole world is trying to put a little bit more of a spotlight on, you know, on our mental health and, and uh, be kind to each other, be good to each other out there. Know that you're always enough and it's and okay to be imperfectly perfect. It's okay to not, and it's okay to not be okay some days. Yeah, you know? yeah man, it's okay. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And Go find something, you know, go touch some grass, ground your feet, take your shoes off, go stand in some grass, go dance in the rain, do something goofy to make you feel like you're 12 and uh, it'll make all your problems 
smaller for a moment. Thanks again, everybody. I'll see you on the other side, Lynn. Thanks, Ken. Yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. Over the next year, I'll be driving across America to sit down with real people and a jar of questions, to share real conversations with the rest of the world. Stream the Jar Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, or better yet, join myself and the Jar for a conversation in your city.